So, uh, Chris. What's up? Do you ever, like, think about how you could do something, but never think about how you should do something? Is this one of our many Jurassic Park references? (laughs) It might be. (laughs) Just because you can doesn't mean you should. Is that what you're going for? Your scientists never, what was it? Your scientists always never thought about if they should they only thought about if they could. What was the exact? Your scientists were too busy thinking about if they could. They never stopped to think about if they should. That's it. Something like that. Well, Don, in this situation, what should I not be doing? Creating artificial life. In Pokemon. <laughs> in Pokemon. But you know what? I think it's pretty sick, so actually do it. <laughs> so, so actually go nuts. Well, yeah. that's the thing. Well, we'll t- we're going to talk about lots of different kind of artificial ones. We've had a couple requests, actually. Yeah, I was trying to make a bit work there, and it didn't really work, and it also doesn't help that it's contradictory to my own opinions. <laughs> well, we've had a lot of people ask about doing man-made Pokemon, artificial Pokemon, uh, and there's, uh, there's, I think we've already talked about quite a few of them, but there are some some big hitters on there that we have not touched on yet, one of whom we actually got a lot, I think was the most requested for our birthday episode, which is Mewtwo, but we've been planning on doing this episode for so long we just decided to to save it absolutely but as lucas said this is part of our i guess spooky month where we we're, we're trying to keep the, the the halloween spirit alive at this point don i say we just get into the news yeah let's do it cue the music All right. In science news, we actually have kind of a big deal, Don, uh, in in the vaccine world. And that's the the WHO has recommended for the first time uh, a malaria vaccine for for use. When you said the WHO, I thought you meant like the musical group for a second. (laughs) Yes, yes. The band. Oh, no way. (laughs) The the band The WHO has authorized that. No, the, the World Health Organization. But yeah, it's the it is the first malaria vaccine that's that uh, to be approved um, for use. Which apparently, if I'm understanding it correctly, it's the first vaccine for something that's based or a disease caused by a parasite. Yes. So also, I, I'm pretty sure malaria. Pro- I, I'm guessing here, but I, I feel like it probably kills more people every year than any other disease. If not, it's definitely up there. 2019 malaria killed 409,000 people. That's a lot. And I believe the majority of the people who will die from malaria are children. Yes, it's um it it targets like the young, I think pretty well. Yeah. And it's um in areas that are like, you know, maybe a little less like um have a little bit less like modern conveniences, maybe a little less developed. Definitely um it's like a major outlying disease there since like you need to live near water. And that's a problem also because that's where all the mosquitoes are. Of that number that I said, they said that children under five accounted for 67%. That's a depressing number. It's a lot. So getting a vaccine for it is huge. Yes, and we we would like to officially, as a podcast, announce that we are anti-malaria. Anti-malaria, yes. I was looking up into, like, you know, why... You know, as I said, you know, this is the first first vaccine for a disease caused by a parasite. And I was looking at why, you know, that's the case. And it gets into the complexity of it all. Um, and so just for for a reference, 
uh, SARS-CoV-2, which we are all very familiar with at this point, has around 10 genes that code for 29 proteins. One of the five parasites that causes malaria codes for 5,000 proteins. That's a lot of proteins. Being able to protect people, children from this is going to hopefully save a lot of lives. They still have to get into the production aspect of it and distribute it and, you know, actually get it to and into people. But this is a, a big step in the battle against malaria. Now, Lucas wanted us to mention something about why we can't just kill all the mosquitoes, Don. Would you like to elaborate on that? Yeah, so um, it would definitely be, in some ways, beneficial in terms of disease spreading to kill all the mosquitoes. Um, but mosquitoes are definitely like a keystone species in terms of, um, I guess, the forage they provide would be a good word for it. They're a massive food source for a lot of freshwater fish and flying insects that then themselves are key aspects of many food chains. So um, removing mosquitoes, also male mosquitoes are um, pretty effective pollinators and the key pollinators for a few plant species. While they're definitely inconvenient or outright dangerous, depending on where you live and your access to healthcare and stuff, but uh, we do need mosquitoes. There's been uh, several programs released to just to reduce the populations where they re- release, uh, because I believe the female mosquito, after it's mated, it won't mate again. So there have been some programs with uh, like releasing like sterile male mosquitoes or genetically altered male mosquitoes to uh, go out and mate with female mosquitoes and then prevent them from breeding more effectively as well. So that's great news on that end. We'll have to kind of see how that rolls out over uh, in, in the coming future, but hopefully well. Now, Don, you had a, a fun bit of news, a fun tidbit. Okay, yeah. So um, do you know about the elk with the tire? No. So two years ago, and I'm blank. I think it was it wasn't Yellowstone. It was out that way because that's also where most of the elk are. To be fair, um, I would recommend looking it up. There was this elk that was seen multiple times that had a tire uh, stuck around its neck, probably stuck his. And it was a bull. It was a bull elk, so a male elk with antlers. Um, I would assume he didn't have his antlers at the time, and he, when he got the tire stuck on his neck, but he was seen for two years, and was they weren't able to capture him to remove the tire. And uh, this year, they finally got him. I think he clocked in around 600 pounds. They uh, sedated him. They did, unfortunately, I think, have to cut off his antlers to get to the tire to remove it. So I'm sure maybe he was a little bummed about that since I believe it's, like, coming up on their, their like, rut, their mating season right now. But they were able to cut his antlers off and remove the tire after lugging around for two years. And he had some irritation on his neck, I think I read, but no real damage. So he had grown to pretty much fill out the tire, but he hadn't started, like, growing into the tire. So got him just in time. So happy ending. I was going to say, are they sure that this elk didn't like his tire? He, he might have. Um, it's honestly amazing that no one shot or mountain lion tried to eat this elk that looked now different than all the other elk. Well, the mountain lion would go for the throat which is protected by a giant tire. We That's a good away, point. We just took away this elk's armor. But there were, um, you know, about the, I think it was in, um, in Africa, the zebra study where they did something, where something like that happened. No, there was a, uh, they were putting radio collars on zebras. And the issue was that said zebras pre- uh, proceeded to get immediately wrecked 
by lions and leopards and cheetahs because now with the radio collar they could differentiate them from the rest of the zebra herd right because zebras stripes are their camouflage when they run around as a big group yeah they kind of all like fit together yeah and now they no longer did that like it's basically putting crosshairs on itself yeah well, it didn't put the crosshairs on itself. We put the crosshairs on it. Yeah. Well, then, yeah, it's just, I guess it's surprising that some mountain lion didn't just come and end this tire. But also, maybe the mountain lions knew better than to mess with this elk that controls rubber. Rubber. That could very well be the fact. But, anyways, let's hit the Pokemon news, Don. Yeah. So, first, we got a, a new Arceus update. Uh, I guess Pokemon's getting into the the spookiness of the season just like we are because they gave us something out of the Blair Witch Project. Oh yeah, that that was a, a weirdly jarring video. Yeah, it was little uh, found footage of a researcher potentially getting murdered by a Pokemon in the mountains. Happens to the best of us. What we do gather from the researcher is that the Pokemon it sees has a red tip on its tail... It has fluffy white fur on its head and around its neck. And it has yellow eyes. So I know some people have theorized that we're going to have... It's a... Uh, was it Huey? What's the region name? Hisui? Yeah. So that, 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 whatever. Uh, it's going to be that Arcanine. So I... only reason I say not Arcanine is because the researcher confused it with a Growlithe or a Vulpix. Yeah. And Arcanine is bigger than those. Yeah, but what if the researcher's just dumb? <laughs> Maybe the researcher's just dumb. I was more so leaning towards the uh, uh, Zorua. Zorua would be neat. It's such a cool mod, and Illusion's a really cool ability. It was, I'd like to see it fleshed out again. Now, I was falling down rabbit holes because... I was trying to pick apart all the different clues they got because, like, in the beginning, he's like, it's 706. No, wait, it's 707. And I was like, well, it's Pokemon 707, and it's Klefki. And I was like, oh. Oh, spoiler alert. What if it is Klefki? <laughs> what if it is Klefki? <laughs> also, it sees some Snoron, so I've seen some people doing the whole, it's some kind of Frostlass. Yeah, I saw the Frostlass. Like, like, when I saw the Snoron, I thought it was going to, like, pan and frost. That's going to, like drag this dude off to his death or whatever yeah. Frostlast does that's bad. Frostlast's gonna do Frostlast things. Yeah. But we'll have to we'll, we'll have to see more. I feel like I really don't think they would give us another Growlithe update because they've already given us one. But there was one person one of the trainers. So we know that the trainers have those bracelets that tie them to a noble Pokemon. Right. There's one trainer who Every piece of marketing that's been put out, her bracelet is not visible. And all of the other ones have colors that seem to be associated with the noble Pokemon that we know of. Right. And the color associated with this trainer is black. Interesting. So that leans to me. That's also kind of where I'm getting the Zora, Zora, Zorua. Yeah. We'll get more. I'm, I would much rather get this minute and 20 bit than the 384 hour live stream of the slumbering weld. <laughs> yeah, I can't believe they did that, honestly. <laughs> it was kind of ridiculous. It's more ridiculous that we watched it. Uh, True. Any, anyways, in keeping with the, the, the spookiness, 
there's a Halloween uh, a Halloween event happening in Pokemon Go with lots of ghosts and all the and dark types popping up in the wild. I will say the the biggest thing you can do right now in the event is that if you walk your buddy when you get a candy, you are guaranteed to get an XL candy, which is very nice for powering stuff up if you're trying to do that. You can also get a Driftblim with a hat. But with the uh, the spookiness also continues into Pokemon Unite because we are getting more outfits. Lucario is getting a bandit outfit, so it just kind of looks like... I mean, he's wearing a cape and a hat. I don't really know why that means bandit, but it looks cool. I like it. It's like old school bandit. They're also adding in Greedent. So, uh, rounding out the, the Pokemon news. Don, do you want to do your... Um, we got a, a rules update. Real quick, we have our new Rules A update, Series 11. It's effectively, I think, Series 9 again. So we're looking at uh, one restricted, yes, Dynamax also. Honestly, I'm not really stoked about it. I really liked Series 10. Having a break from Dynamax, I think I really don't like the mechanic a whole lot. It's it's kind of fun, but there's so many just like Airstream Wars and stuff that just occur. And it kind of like, I don't know. I've liked I've liked some time without it, even though I think in a non-Dynamax format, uh, Urshifu, Rillaboom, and Alecky are busted. It's still fun. I, having, basically, I only knew the Dynamax world. And so now having seen it without Dynamaxing, I understand why people are complaining about it. Yeah, I mean, like, I'll play with Dynamax too. I don't, I don't hate it. Like, I'm not diehard hatred or anything, but it's officially not my favorite. Uh, I've enjoyed um, messing around with with uh, in series ten. So we'll maybe maybe well Dynamax will go away at some point, and we'll get some other busted mechanic. Um. Yeah, we definitely will. Well, the last bit of Pokemon news that I had is that remember that uh, the album that they put out. Yes. With Post Malone and then Katy Perry. Guess what? They're all getting their own Pokemon cards. That's something. <laughs> It's definitely something. On that very illustrious endorsement from Don, uh, we're going to jump into a... a Honestly, I will say, Fireworks, some of her songs are absolute bangers. Oh, Katy Perry has a great... All of them have great song album or great uh, discographies. Yes, absolutely. But, yes. So, we've got a... We're going to jump into our topic. We've got a quick topic uh, update where we're going to talk a little bit about some gene work. Um, So, we'll get to that, and then we can get into some... Some artificial Pokemon. All right, so, Don, you know a little bit about gene work. Um, yeah. We're going to be talking about gene manipulation and all that with some of the Pokemon, especially Mewtwo. So, could you kind of give us, like, a, a, a base understanding of, what, like, what's going on here? What's, what's the target? What are they trying to do? With Mewtwo? No, no, just like in our world with with gene work. Okay, so in our world, um, there's there's several different main aspects of uh, like I mean, you hear about CRISPR in the news occasionally and things like that. Also, like you know, Black Mirror, Gattaca, all sorts of top more I guess more topical things you could say too. A lot like these days, a lot of gene work, at least for humans, that's looked at, tends to trend towards uh, methods of you know preventing genetic genetic disorders congenital illnesses things like that like sickle cell anemia like sickle cell like um 
maybe uh, like Tay-Sachs or other things like that that are inherently uh, any any anything that has like a gene- mainly genetic component could be uh, theoretically like there's tons of things. Like, have, you, have you seen like Gattaca? Everyone, I honestly, it's a great movie. People long, watch it. long time ago, but yes. Yeah, I, I think it's a movie that a lot of people should watch because I feel like it's kind of topical now that like such technologies are becoming more realistic. Anyway, and you also have, you know, genetic modification with lots of crops. Like, you know, um, there's a lot of people today that can be fed due to genetic improvements in rice and wheat and corn. And also, at least in, in crops, I know that a lot of it also has to do with upping the, like, the time that it takes to uh, introduce certain characteristics. So, like, before, there was, it was basically like, oh, like, let's just take blueberries as an example. Um, it was like you take this one blueberry plant that you noticed grew really big, juicy blueberries, and you take this other plant that, or this other blueberry plant that had really big, juicy blueberries, and you basically use them to propagate, maybe? Yeah. Uh, so you use those two to propagate, and you basically, you're basically trying to select for blueberries that are big and watery and juicy, and it takes a lot of generations of doing this to basically get a consistent one to get ones that do it and it's how you get certain i mean it's how we get like you know some sweet potatoes of various colors and all that and it takes a lot of time years and years to basically create to to have to select for those characteristics that you want and the process can speed that up significantly right breeds of cattle might be like tweaked to have better milk production or chickens with eggs Maybe longer, like, laying periods, faster growing periods, things like that. Part of the, the gene manipulation, too, you can also get into, um, we're going to talk about a little bit with the Pokemon, is cloning. Yes. And so we've had a couple instances of, like, man-manufactured cloning, artificial cloning. I think it's also worth noting that there, <laughs> we always think of cloning as, like, test tubes and, like, in a lab, but... Technically, there is natural cloning with asexual reproduction. Yeah, and like you have like and like parthenogenic lizards and stuff, even like like the whip tail. Yeah, so I I, th- I think it is important to note that like there, it's not just you know human artificial cloning like this. It, it it does happen in nature. I feel like we're gonna talk about more about the gene stuff once we actually get into the Pokemon, Don. So do you do we just want to get into the Pokemon? I'd say yeah, let's get into it. Into the Pokemon Dawn, we're coming out, guns blazing, taking on the big one uh, itself, first of all. And we're going to talk about Mewtwo. Dude, I'm such a fan of Mewtwo. I mean, the first Pokemon movie is sick. Um, when he explodes the lab and like there's the scientist narrating, he's like, we tried to create the strongest Pokemon, and we succeeded. And then it's just like a burning building. It's so hardcore. It's so sweet. I won't, so... Is Mewtwo the strongest Pokemon? At the time, 100%. At, at the time, yes. Now, now, not so much. Even so, it's got some sick stats. Um, stuff's just become so much more min-maxed. If you look at like, something like Calyrex, you know, shadow, shadow form or ice form or things like... Even up, honestly, up until recent gens, Mewtwo was still... and It still was and can be very threatening. I think, I think the latest changes with the like dynamic speed changes like that kind of hurts it and i think calyrex ghost rider and the boost of urshifu and incend but like i still think mewtwo mewtwo is definitely usable yeah 
No, just Ghost Rider and Urshifu are not his friends. Correct. Um, but I, I I have seen some cool Mewtwo teams out there. I think it's a tougher mon to use than like a lot some restricteds, but I think it's got it's got niches like you can use it. It's also one of the best that you can use in Pokemon Go too. I, w- I would expect so. No, it's it's honestly it's move pools and ins- it's move pool is insane. Like if I do run into a Mewtwo team on ladder right now, I'm concerned about the Mewtwo. Yeah, well, because you you just don't know what it's bringing. Yeah. So Mewtwo in the games is a result of gene experimentation and cloning from Mew, as perpetuated by Big Bad Giovanni and Team Rocket slash the Sylph Company. Right. As you so eloquently stated and recapped from the classic Pokemon, the movie, they were trying to create the most powerful Pokemon after discovering Mew. And Mew, as we know from the lore of the game, is basically what all modern Pokemon come from. Right, it's like the common ancestor. The common ancestor of all all modern Pokemon. And so they captured Mew and essentially started to try and clone it to amplify the attributes. Now, one bit that I feel like needs to be pointed out, Don, is there's a little bit of variation between mediums in how Mewtwo is actually brought into existence. So the one that kind of sticks out most when you think of Mewtwo is you always see it in, like, the lab equipment. Yeah, in the armor, and then it explodes everything. Yeah, that's, that's the one that comes to mind. But... Did you read the Cinnabar journals in the original Red and Blue? Yeah, it's like Mew gave birth and all this stuff like that. Yes, it it, it, it's, it talks about basically Mew giving birth, which is interesting because Pokemon breed through eggs. Yes. So it's a very little strange development, but if you think about it in the aspect of cloning, it kind of makes sense, does it not? Yeah. Yeah, especially in, like, in, the, in the more like realistic method of cloning where you have things like um you know like, like you you see a lot about like like the uh, what was it dolly was the famous sheep yeah yeah where they where they took a uh, basically cells from a sheep and put them into an emptied egg and it was a clone of the sheep but it was birthed through conventional means yeah so dolly it was they basically took they took the cell nucleus from a mammary gland and there was an unfertilized egg and they mixed it, and that, uh, and then implanted it, and it was, and Dolly was carried to term. And it's also what we talk about with the, um, the mammoth. Yes. Um, and and I mean, you and Lucas have talked at length about the idea of if you clone a mammoth, but it's carried in an elephant, then you're just making a hairy elephant. Yeah, that's kind of the my whole gripe about it. Fun fact about Dolly: Dolly actually has three moms. How about that? The uh, the cell, the egg, and the sheep who carried Dolly to term were all different. Oh, I, I, I for some reason in my mind I assumed that like the uh, the cell was from the carrier. No, so that was I mean I, I feel like with how much it's pumped, especially with something like Detective Pikachu, you basically always see Mewtwo in the in like the lab gear, you know, being messed with. Yeah, I mean the armor's pretty badass. Yeah, and so I think that. That's the way they're going. But the idea of Mewtwo being born is pretty, I think, pretty interesting. And then once they, the Sylphco and Giovanni got their hands on Mewtwo is when we got into the gene aspects of it. Right. 
and the, the gene experimentation. So basically, that this is where you get into the genetic coding and all that, because Mu has what? Base stats 100 all around? Yep. So they wanted to make Mu bigger and better, and they just kind of got in there and started messing with what we would basically say your proteins and all that, correct? And just uh, coding Mu2 to be the strongest it could be, and messed with... Ironically, made its defense lower than you. Yeah. But, uh... I but, mean, the best defense is a good offense, and it's got a lot of that. Yeah, or no, it, it has a lot of... Well, it has a lot of special attack. Uh, <laughs> I think its attack is higher than Muse as well, isn't it? Okay, by 10. Yep, see? Because way back in the day, like, Earthquake was a legit coverage Muse. So, that's sort of where you get into the, the, the genetic aspects of Mewtwo, because they get in there, and they just start kind of messing around. Now, the problem with Mewtwo is that it is they designed it to be the strongest and it knows it's the strongest yeah Mewtwo's sick and all the dex entries talk about how it was made for battling and it knows it and it's ready to fight whoever to basically prove that it's the best like no one ever was like no one ever was no this is Mewtwo also is very much tapping into the the evil twin trope that you see in pop culture yeah because Mew is very light. It's and, very whimsical. Yeah, Mew is very whimsical. Mewtwo has zero whimsy. No, the opposite of whimsy. What's the opposite of whimsy? I don't know, mad. <laughs> <laughs> These are the important questions we have Don on for. But yeah, Mewtwo is just very mad. And you don't want to mess with it. I don't... I w- I'm curious what Mew thinks of Mewtwo in this situation. Because it's just kind of giving it a bad name. Uh, because yeah. he's so grumpy and Mew is so ambition whimsical. But yeah, you don't want to find yourself in that cave alone with Mewtwo. No, that's honestly like, man, back in the OG OG games, going to Cerulean Cave to get Mewtwo was so scary. Unless you had a Master Ball. Yeah, which I would always waste because like I w- back that was back when balls could miss. Engine one when it was just broken. Well, I feel like the ma- Master Ball couldn't miss. No, but the other ones could, and I was a child, and I was impatient, so I'd get, like, I would miss, like, 75 balls on, like, Moltres, and I'd be like, screw this. <laughs> and then you wouldn't have the Master Ball for... for exactly. Mewtwo. I gotcha, I gotcha. All right, well, we're moving into a, a Mewtwo-adjacent Pokemon, Don. Are we? Which is uh, one that's been linked with the Mew experiments as well, which would be Ditto. Yeah, there's the whole Ditto is a failed Mew theory, which yeah. I do kind of subscribe to, I think. So, in Mewtwo's dex entries, it talks about it's the only successful clone of Mew. And the deductive reasoning part of my brain says, well, if it's the one successful, that means there was more than one unsuccessful. Exactly. And Ditto, then you can get into all the aspects of Ditto having the same coloring as Mew. Ditto and Mew are the only Pokemon that can learn Transform. Well, technically, there's one other. What? Special boy. My little artistic son. Wait. Smeargle? Smeargle doesn't... Oh, because of... Yeah. Technically... It doesn't... Which is the... I'm it... technically correct, which is the best kind of correct. It doesn't learn the move transform. It copies the move transform. Fine, you can have this one. But, of the ones that can outright learn the move transform in their move pool... It is just Ditto and Mew. 
So one of the the weird bit to me about Ditto with its transformation done is that it says it can reconstitute its DNA just from seeing something. And what I was wondering is is um like that idea of modification of of transformation without knowing the like the actual cellular structure is weird. Like you're basically going very surface level, right? Yeah, there's no way unless Ditto has some sort of like built-in genetic scanning powers. Um, there's no real way for it to copy. I mean, I guess theoretically it could rearrange the internals, you know, to fit, especially since Ditto's internals, I would imagine, are sort of liquid. It doesn't really have like. I mean, it's basically like a giant cell. Yeah, I imagine it has like organelles, but not organs. Um, so because of that, I would imagine that it's just copying the like the outside. It doesn't copy HP, though, which I think might be some sort of little thing. Now, if you want to know why you should be scared of Ditto, all you have to do is watch Detective Pikachu. That, or you've seen the uh, the fan-made, like, the thing Ditto edit? Oh, yeah. I think we talked about this on the last one, actually, but it's also really scary. That doesn't scare me. But the if you ever, like, were, like, suspicious that your friend wasn't your friend, and so you told a joke, and then you get this really weird, creepy laugh coming out of it, your friend's a ditto. Also, if your friend starts wearing lots of sunglasses because it's hiding its weird dotted eyes. Classic ditto move. Classic ditto move. But in in folklore, with the idea of an alternate self... We deal a lot with it's it's kind of come up a lot in recent years, but the idea of doppelgangers. Yes. Um, which doppelganger, when translated, means double walker. Which is actually Gengar's name origin because it's your shadow. Oh, I didn't know that. Yep, yep, Gengar. Well, you see, have you read the theory that Gengar is Clefable's shadow? Yeah. That turned evil. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So Gengar, I think, has the doppelganger. Uh, whole deal to it. I've never made that connection, but I like it. But in lore, seeing a doppelganger was considered bad luck. Also kind of getting into the evil twin aspect of it. One of the more famous doppelganger sighting was by President Abraham Lincoln. That would have been weird since he was like, I mean, he was tall for now, but he was like double tall. Yeah. Well, so he saw, he saw, he thought he saw his doppelganger and I think it was his wife uh, said that or inferred that that meant that he would not finish out his term. Well, yep. Yeah. Um, she, she was, I don't think she was right because he thought he saw a doppelganger, but maybe though odds are you're going to see someone that shares some characteristics with you. It's not an evil twin and it's, it's not a bad omen for you. It's just somebody also has red hair. Yep. All right, Don, I feel like this is the part that you are, have been waiting for. Wait, which, what are we on now? We're on to your special boy. Oh, my special boys. Yes. So, um, the Porygon line, um, which I love PZ, and the lore, I love the lore around PZ even more, honestly, I think. But, um, because it's like, was it Porygon, OG Porygon? It was just like a computer program. Yeah. That you get at a casino, which is weird, but like, whatever. What was it? Was it the was it the game corner trying to create a an artificial intelligence to like rig their games? Maybe. Though I feel like there's been rigged casino games for since the beginning of casino games. Yeah, but yeah, there was basically some. It was Porygon is made entirely of code. Yes. And uh, and so yes, it, it is a digital Pokemon that you get at a casino. Yes, continue. Yeah, so it's Porygon. I believe is the first. It's the first like artificial Pokemon. Um, 
Maybe. There might be some other ones in the first game, so I'm not thinking. I mean, you two also. It's just a matter of who came first. I would argue Porygon did, maybe. 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 I like the idea of, like, like what are, are, like, just a bunch of people who are, like, plugged in with their headphones just, like, created Porygon. Yeah. It's just some bros in a college dorm. Yeah, so that that's OG Porygon is there. And then we have Porygon uh, 2 as the upgrade. He's a little different. And then we have Porygon Z is like it goes totally rogue. Yeah. Well, that's what... So, okay, so Porygon is where we start getting into the idea of artificial intelligence. Yes. Um, and like you said, the OG Porygon is extremely basic. That's why he's all angles. Yeah, he's all angles. It's uh, It says in the decks... It only does what it's programmed to do. I say it's like a it's like a calculator. Like at the end of the calculator does what you tell it to do, or, yeah. or or not even what you tell it to do, like what it's programmed to do. It's not doing things beyond its programming, and it can be programmed to do a lot of things, but it only does those things. And that's to me is like you think of those like Boston Dynamics robots. Yeah, like they were dancing to the song, and so I guess the difference between Porygon and Porygon Two is Porygon is the dancing robot. Like, it was programmed to dance to that song. Yes. Porygon 2 would be choosing to dance to the song because it wants to. Because it's a banger. Absolutely. Porygon 2, basically, they got Porygon. The the, the other aspect that, that comes in with Porygon, Don, is you have the human need to advance. So you basically have... Everyone sees Porygon, and they were like, wow, this thing doesn't need to breathe maybe we can put it into space yeah as one does which even though i think there's a whole bunch of pokemon that would be fine in space that they could have sent into space at any point well it's also funny to me because there's a lot more problems to consider in space than just being able to breathe nope that's the only one we care about (laughs) but regardless that's what they thought they were like wow this thing doesn't need to breathe we should use it to to travel in space so they sent out to, to do more programming, more bros coding in or plugging in. And we get Porygon 2 with the upgrade. And Porygon 2 is where it kind of starts. It gets a little bit. Uh, Porygon 2, I don't know about you. It was one of those Pokemon that like, at least when I, I was pretty young, when I played Gold and Silver, I did not comprehend the logistics of Porygon 2 at all. Like, what do you mean the logistics? I didn't even know it was in the game. Oh, okay. No, I I think I, oh I'm like three years older than you, four. I feel like I learned about it later. There was also a lot of mons in Gold and Silver that were just stupid rare. Like um the dogs. The dogs were like their run into them thing. Like I saw the dogs at one point or another. I never caught the dogs. But I caught like two of them. I don't think I ever caught Raikou. Um, but and then there was like stuff like like dude Quillfish was mm. stupidly rare. Yeah. Quillfish is always the one I would go to because it's like. It was just rare, and it's not like... Like, Larvitar was dumb rare, but it made sense. Mistrevis was dumb rare, but there were, like, no ghost types at the time. Yeah. Quillfish was just like, hey, like, this thing exists. Yeah. Also, this was pre-internet, so you don't know what you're doing. Yeah. No, old Pokemon games were so much harder, definitely partially because of internet. Yeah, without the internet. Um, so, what we... Uh, Porygon 2 is where you start to get a little bit scary in my opinion, because this is when it talks about it's able to learn beyond its programming. It can learn movements, but it also learns emotions. 
And that is scary to me, and not just scary to me, it's scary to a lot of people because that's a lot of science fiction, being able to to think beyond the programming. So you think of things like Ultron or Skynet. Yeah. Like the, you know, we were created for this reason, but then thinking critically thinking and moving beyond that, and they come to the conclusion that, oh, wait, we don't need humans, or humans are the problem and gets rid of humans. So all this to say, Porygon 2 is going to wipe out humans. That's the, the logical trend. That's the logical way this is trending, because then we get to the bonkers, unstable, erratic, interdimensional traveling duck that you love. I love him so much. He's so good. Now, we, we get to Porygon Z because they're still trying to make this digital duck fly in space, but Porygon 2 can't do it. So they create a new set of coding that somebody screws up and you get Porygon Z. Yeah, and Porygon Z is just like doing his own thing, freestyling. He's like fully broke free of his shackles, right? That's kind of like his thing. Yeah, yeah, basically. Also, again, can travel into different dimensions. Like we, we basically went from something that travels in cyberspace to something that we're trying to get to fly in space to, oh, okay, interdimensional travel. Yep. Like, I think they are the only Pokemon that can travel at will interdimensionally, like, all legendaries, right? Well, I think Hoopa does, like, portally stuff. I would imagine Palkia with space stuff can do it. Yeah. That's a, um, it's all, like, the the big boys. It's only some of It's only a few of them, too. Giratina's, yeah. obviously. There's probably, like, five, I feel like. There's not a ton, I would imagine. And then Porygon Z. Yes. And Porygon Z scares me because, again, it's something that's coded. So you can have an army of these erratic ducks. They can mass produce themselves if they wanted to. I don't know. Porygon Z scares me, Don. It's kind of a scary mod. Um, it, its power is, like, stupid. Adaptabilities are still a ridiculous. Like, it's. Because, like, when it first came out, 135 Special Attack was good. It was really good. But now it's, like, it's it's good, but it's not ridiculous yeah um but you do have things like uh, with adaptability though it becomes terrifying and that and then you slap a life orb on it yeah and dynamax it <laughs> throw uh, i miss z conversion though it was so good yeah it was conversion and it copied all your stats all right well we're we're heading up close to our wrap-up don there is one one last one I wanted to touch on and mainly posit a weird conspiracy theory because that's what I like to do. Hit me with it. Let's hear it. So we got Voltorb. Alrighty. The weird ball that also has the same eyes as Haunter, as everyone loves to point out. I forgot about the eyes. I don't think there's anything with the ball being possessed by Haunter, although we have talked about possessed object Pokemon and all that kind of stuff before. But looking at the decks for... Voltorb. It basically says that nobody saw Voltorbs until they started these Pokeball companies, Pokeball manufacturing companies, and it just kind of showed up like it was just there. Right. Now, if we get into the original games, who's making the Pokeballs? Well, the first, like, so there's like Silphco is like the main one, but there's also we learned that the original OG Pokeballs were um, the Apricorns. Yes, but it disguises as Pokeballs. So we're saying the, the company that makes the Pokeballs is Silphco. 
Yes. And in the decks, it says Voltorb came to life when it was hit with a pulse of energy. What was Sylphco also working on that could have created a pulse of energy? Well, Mewtwo, but we already had Pokeballs by Mewtwo. I'm wondering if in some part of the experimentation, there was some form of, there was some pulse of psychic energy that basically created these sentient Pokeballs. I think I could definitely see that. I feel like they'd be messing around with like um, one of the other psychics as well. And basically like, basically we're talking like vision mindstone kind of stuff here. Yeah. Like, like a hit with the psychic thing and it just kind of woke up. Now, the one thing that I never really understood with Voltorb is it says that it disguises itself as a Pokeball, but it's one foot tall and, and Pokeballs aren't that big. In game, they look weirdly big though when they're on the ground, like the items, which are also Pokeballs sometimes. Yeah, but that's not what you're throwing around. Yeah, so I, I'm, I, do you think there's going to be Voltorbs in the, was it QC region or something? I don't know if we're going to get Voltorbs in Hisui. Hisui, that's it. Yeah. I mean, maybe if we're talking, I mean, maybe that'll answer some of these questions, the burning questions I have about Voltorbs' origins. On that, done. we've covered a lot of these man-made ones. Let's head to the wrap-up. All right, so first, we want to give a shout-out to our newest Patreon, Dan. Thank you so much for choosing to support the show. Welcome to the group. We're happy to have you here. There is some wonderful, wonderful man-made Pokemon out there that are also very, very scary if you were to see them in the real world. But they're very fun to battle with, like Mewtwo. So have fun battling with it and hope you never see it uh, in the real world because it will try to fight you. And you're not as strong as Ash, so it's not going to Also, I mean, to be fair, Mewtwo, like... Ash, I, I, I just love the whole thing about how Ash like tried to throw hands with Mewtwo. And it's like Mewtwo just let him punch him twice, and then he threw him, like, a thousand feet. <laughs> yeah, yes, very true, very true. But, yeah, so, again, thank you all for joining us for another episode. We really appreciate you all coming out and listening. If you could, we've been, like, uh, we always say we've been having some really good engagement um, on social media and recently. And so we encourage you all to, to talk with us, to share your thoughts on some of the new Pokemon that are coming out, some of your favorite ones. Talk to us on Twitter. Talk to us on Facebook. Leave us a review with uh, in your podcasting app of choice. Uh, we really love talking with you all and just sort of engaging on a different level beyond us, uh, you listening to us talking for an hour about these little monsters that we all love. Absolutely. And, like, again, we always appreciate feedback, new ideas. It's, like, a lot of our show ideas do come from, like, you guys. So it, it's great. Yeah. So on that note, I know Lucas has one more spooky episode for the month of October with you all. So look forward to that. And then we're going to hit into, uh, we're going to get into November, Don. We're coming yes. up on the end of the year. I can say. We, we don't have a turkey Pokemon, do we? We do not. I, okay, I'm going to throw it out here, which means we're never going to get it. I have hypothesized. You, you texted me about this the other day. Let's hear it. It's, it's called Goblin. And it is a dark fighting type turkey Pokemon. What if it also like eats stuff? Like it has like a giant snake jaws. Like it's goblin them down, but it's also a gobbler and a goblin. Then it's triple goblin. Yeah, no, it's that. That is all. I want this this goblin turkey Pokemon, and it's just always eating. It's basically just like a real world Guzzlord. I like it. We don't have a turkey Pokemon. But speaking of food, I've been talking with Lucas, and we're gonna try to do a food episode. 
That would be really fun, actually. I'm pro-food episode. We're going to talk about some of the different foods that appear in the Pokemon game and how they work or how they uh, go with the real world and why feeding these a lot of sugary treats to animals might not be a good idea. So you can look forward to that one. We've got a couple really good interviews that are lined up. I know Lucas is talking uh, to some people. So stay tuned for some for some future episodes. But on that, have a wonderful day or night. Thank you all so much. We'll see you next time.